Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley. And I'm the other co-host this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And our guest today is Karenza T. Wall from the Thursday Writing, Thursday's Writing Collective. Hi, Pamela. Hello. Hi, R.C. Hi, nice to have you here today. Thank you. So we're looking forward to hearing something, uh, lots of stuff that you've uh, got to share. And we usually get our guests to kick things off with a piece. So okay. take it away. So first I would like to read a collective poem uh, that was written by members of the Thursday's Writing Collective. And it has to do with the theme of unshared territory. So I'll just start reading it. And I'll say the name of the person who wrote it before. So Kara, it's hard to rebel against a neglectful mother. I found it's best to fight fire with fire. And so, our house is a very quiet place. The warfare is the silent kind. Eyes lowered, backs turned. Devin. I guess it is a shared territory. Now. But not with everyone's blessing or consent. There have been waves of invaders to this beautiful territory over the past few hundred years. Most recently is the invasion by the more privileged classes slowly progressing from the western edge of what even I consider to be my territory, though in truth I am an invader, being non-indigenous. Gia. I cannot pinpoint any major indigenous nation on the land. This land is not only shared by all indigenous nations, but also by the immigrants who share the land with the indigenous people who founded the land over thousands of years and share the culture with us who adopted the land as our homeland. Graham, healthy attitude, happy life. Treat others as you would yourself. Accept what is said as true for the speaker. Express your opinion to those who have power to offer it. James. Shared territory. 
invaded territory, vainglory presumption of take, takers when the right of might was spilling blood. Share the land with desecrators who just don't know. The land lives through the people as a totality of elements and the warp of cycles and circles. Muriel. <laughs> That's so funny. They talk about shared territory. The only thing they want is my share. <laughs> That's so funny. The first, Neil, the First Nations have lived on this land since the withdrawing of the Ice Age. We are just children from the four corners of the earth and are blessed to share the plenty of their land. So I don't know if this is interesting, but the only one who is uh, indigenous is Muriel. Yes. I was. <laughs> yes. Muriel was our guest last year for yeah, a part of the city. Yeah. And I, I love that you've started out with the whole voices of the collective because you're here representing yeah. them, but also because that's the theme of the Heart of the City Festival. Yes. And our, our show today is actually a Heart of the City it's event. Show. It's yes. like in the program, which yes. I love, which is really cool. It has a little radio icon above it. And mm -hmm. it's very yeah. exciting for us to be part of the Heart of the City Festival. So what to me, what was interesting is nobody said, well, they did say territory, but they all took it as meaning the physical land. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think Heart of the City's intention was to talk about the land. I thought that territory was in the meaning of a sense of work, of of community, mm -hmm. not of the actual right earth. Well, the first one that you read, I love that line that it's hard to rebel against a neglectful mother. mother. So she was seeing it as a family territory as well, right? Like the, the space that a family, I mean, it probably is a bigger metaphor as well, but it's, but I, I, if it's a land metaphor, then it doesn't, you know, we're more being neglectful of the mother than the mother is being neglectful of us if it's a land metaphor. This but is with true. A family. I, I spoke to a number of Aboriginal people about this when, I knew that I was going to come on. And when I asked them about what they shared territory, and they all went, <laughs> <laughs> it's not shared if you have to pay rent. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not shared if you don't have a choice. Yeah. Or if it's not willing. Like, you know, or, you know, or like, I don't mean, in the sense of it's being, it's been taken from you, so you yeah. didn't have an opportunity to share it. Yeah, that's more like no. occupied yes. territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But a lot of the anyway. First Nations people in um, the area that the Heart of the City Festival is happening are also from elsewhere, right? Yes. So this may not They're be They're not their all Port Salish, yeah. 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 And actually, I, should like, I would like to acknowledge that I am a squatter on Coast mm -hmm. Salish territory. I, well, I'm not a settler because this land was already settled. Mm. So that's a distinction that you make. Did you dis when did you decide to make that I just... I. When Owen said he was a settler, do you remember Owen? Erwin Estendi? Yes. Uh -huh. At, at uh, the W2, there was something, and he mm -hmm. introduced himself as a settler. And I thought, I don't like that. Mm. Huh. And that's when I said, okay, I'm not a settler, I'm a squatter. Right. So you figured it out, like, how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah, because it's already settled. 
Right. So by settling, you're taking over, actually. Mm-hmm. Ah. Sorry, Owen. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I think it's important to discuss terminology. And it yes. T- it makes us think of things in different ways. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd be open to well, that. Well, the Indian part know. of it is another part, you know. What What are you talking about? Indian? What Indian? I'm not an East Indian. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I, I keep saying the next person who says, calls me East Indian, I'm going to smack him. So what what name do you use for yourself besides squatter? In Indian. I say I'm an Anglo-Indian who was born in India and is now colonized in in Canada. Right. And um uh when did you end up in the heart of the city territory? And when did you get involved with Thursday's writing collective? 15 years around 15 years ago I started I was living in the I started living I had worked and played in, the, in in Carnegie in the downtown east side for about 25 years now, 20, 25 years. But I uh, moved into the Lorica Co-op, so 16, 15 years ago. And then I saw I saw the first half of the city play, and then I kind of got get involved here and there. And Thursday's writing co-op, This is the second year, the first year. I took a gap from writing because I wanted to. You know, you reach a point and I I had nothing to say. Yeah. (laughs) So what was the point? What what am I going to write? I hear that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you brought other things to, but you are writing now? Yes. Or did Thursday's writing I have never stopped writing. Okay. It's just that I had feel that I had things to say. Ah. Now, and um, when, do you go to Thursday's Writing Collective? Do you go to Thursday's Writing Collective every week? Oh yes, yes. I don't think I missed. I missed once. And does that help your writing, or that, does it... you know what? They, they, I wandered in over there, and Ellie greeted pe- greets people with f- open-hearted friendliness, and it was difficult to start writing again after a gap of 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, writing in the sense of writing to show. I was not easy. It was really difficult. Mm-hmm. But I kept going, and she kept welcoming me. And so I started writing with some kind of focus. Mm-hmm. And now Amber Dawn is here. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different energy. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot of fun, you know, mm-hmm. to have um, different people leading. Yeah, and you you have you have different writers that uh, come and work with uh, the Thursdays Writing Collective. I know sometimes that's from a distance, and sometimes they're actually in the room with you all. Um, and then you do readings with them. And there was one just recently, last Thursday night, at uh, Gallery Gachet, I believe, with uh, Jordan Abels. At, and and you read there, right? Oh, yes. What was that like? Well, I wasn't going to read, but I read as a response to somebody else's writing. And I, I put it in my blog. Okay. Well, about where's why. your blog? Oh, Carenza Land. And that's K R K A R E N Z A L A N D. Okay. Dot C A. All right. 
So people can go read it or yes. do, or do you want to yeah. tell them a little bit? Give them a little teaser. I, I, <laughs> there was a photograph that was showed a young, very young, 10, 12-year-old girl smoking. And so that was the prompt. And I, I, I won't say more. That got you speaking? Yes. Okay. Well, no, somebody else spoke. Uh-huh. I wasn't going to speak, but this person was... Uh, I, I, I had a very strong response to it as a woman right. who has been a child. Right. And so I spoke. Cool. Well, I'll go check out the website. Yeah. For sure, the blog. And if you've got something else you yeah, want to share. Yeah, you said you have a short story that you'd like to read for I us. have. I read this at the at the Vancouver Art Gallery Art Book Fair. And it was also on Sad Magazine Online. Okay. And I'm just going to fix your mic before okay. because I saw that you had a little Thank bit of you. trouble reading around yeah, the mic. Um, so I'm going to do that right now for you while you okay. are getting ready. So, okay. R.C., do you want to... Uh, sure. You're uh, listening to Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. Our show is Wax Poetic, and uh, I want to thank you for tuning in wherever you are, uh, whether in Vancouver or around the world, as the show is available on the Internet as well. www.coopradio.org O-R-G is our website. Uh, so now we're going to take a listen to uh, your short story. Is it a secret when nobody speaks about it? Is it a secret if an extended family or community acts as if the condition doesn't exist? Everybody in the family was aware of the situation, except maybe some distant cousins who had emigrated to Kazakhstan or somewhere and lost touch with family, neighbors, and friends. But what can you expect if you move to Kazakhstan? or somewhere. Community members living in other cities, towns, villages, countries, held conversations and wrote letters. Phones were not common post-World War II India, emails unheard of, and telegrams for emergencies only. Besides, everybody reads telegrams, and this was, after all, a secret. Information exchanged on the way to Sunday Mass, or at the bazaar, or at a child's birthday parties. The social life revolved around the Catholic Church. And me, the object, the subject of the discussion? Well, when I was a baby, a child, and innocent, I never questioned my circumstances. As children do, I accepted what was. My grandparents, aunts, and uncles were protective. My contact with neighbors limited. The only people I remember are the Martins, the Jamelos, and the Daniels. The children I prayed with are Rita Martin and Jagdeep Daniel. This in a community crawling with children. The defensive behavior my family created around me resulted in my own vigilance the birth of a long, lifelong chronic anxiety disorder that persists. Questions about my antecedents were not encouraged. I learned this was not a topic for discussion. Yet I always knew, deep in the being of me, there was something 
different about me. I asked my mother, since she was one of the two people involved in my creation. Big mistake. I was talking rubbish. An expression she often used as I got older. Used to categorize my ideas and opinions. And I learned these were secrets I had to keep. I learned my thoughts should be secrets. I was born in 1945 in post-war to pre-independence India into an Anglo-Indian community. My father English, my mother Indian. Born into a Catholic family in a strict Catholic community. A small insular group with a mix of codes adopted from both Indian and English cultures. Structured rules of behavior. Critical and censorious. A community with its ethics and mores tight, tight, restrictive. When I was 10 years, I realized there was a word used to describe me. I didn't know what it meant. Finally, it dawned on me that I could look up the word in my granddad's beautiful, folio-sized, fine paper dictionary. I couldn't find it, so I asked my granddad for help. He looked at me with a look I was to become familiar with over the 30 years we knew each other an assessing seriousness tempered with sorrow and compassion. And he spelled the word for me. Bastard. I was a bastard. Forever I am a bastard. And that was so important then. Until they became more of us and less of them. <laughs> 1965. I am 20 years young and pretty and tender. When I look at photos of myself, this is what strikes me. The standard young woman with hope in her eyes. Odo and I are in love with each other. First love, so sweet. Our parents meet. This puts a seal of approval upon our relationship. First loves are innocent and we wanted each other. I missed my period. Told him. Are you sure? Yes. What will we do? Go to a doctor. We walk. Go to a walk-in clinic, I leave my specimen, specimen, and we return to hear the verdict. Confirmed, I am pregnant. Like silly fools the world over, we rejoiced. We were going to do something together. We were get married and live happily ever after. My mother died. The only person who would have seen me through this. Odo's parents laid down their law and my eldest aunt lays down what my actions will be. No marriage, no child, no happy families. We were to separate. We refused. The adults made it clear that we would receive no help, no family support. He dumped me without a word. So I struggled on my own for at least four months, and then, tired of fighting, I asked my aunt what I should do. She insists I have an abortion. Tired. I was so tired. My aunt, a mother, a medical doctor, she called in a backstreet abortionist. For three days and nights, in a dark room in my grandparents' house, I bled while they pray for me. For three days and two nights on a train, crowded, dusty, noisy, hot, from Nagpur to Mumbai, I bled, and I bled in the nursing home where a doctor and two nurses removed my child from my body. 
How could I have agreed to this? Was I that alone? Yes. I sit here dry-eyed in the Lost and Found Cafe, an appropriate name. My mouth clenched. How could I have agreed to this? I hate myself. I hate Odo. For dumping me, cold-faced and stone-eyed, he walks away when I approach him, in front of our neighbors and friends. I hate my aunt and uncle for organizing this. I hate my nana and granda for not supporting me. But most of all, I hate myself, I hate myself, I hate myself. Now I cry because I didn't allow a tender little boy to live his precious life. Sorrow for a little boy denied his right to exist, to breathe, to run in the rain and sun, to laugh, to live and love, but not to die. I cry. When I was 30, I had a tubal ligation, maybe to punish myself. I don't know. I don't know why. Is it a secret where nobody speaks about it? Is it a secret if an extended family or community acts as if the condition doesn't exist? Thank you, Karinza, for being so vulnerable and bringing that to the airwaves today that story for telling it for for sharing that maybe non-secret right yes the secret that never became a secret yes yes yeah. and I, I wrote it because it still happens all over the world this happens yeah yeah women we don't we so often women young women don't have control over the decisions that are made about their mm. lives right or know about contraceptives mm -hmm. you know. men and women mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you you say there's a detail in there where you say that you're writing in the lost and found cafe yeah. is that the one downtown yeah. yeah so you've just written this recently and it's for from things that have I, I been with wrote, you wrote it in bits and pieces over the years but sad magazine had this secrets Thing. Oh, and I wrote you. half of it, okay. and it wasn't—it uh, was not the story, right? It, it was just sitting there in limbo that I was a bastard. And then it—it it, it comes that that—that's why it's not finished because there's a second side to this story. Uh, it's almost like an alternate ending, right? Because if that child had come into the world, they would have been a bastard. <sighs> yeah. Is that the connection that you like? Yeah, between yeah, them? yeah, yeah. And it was all to do with family name, you know. That's right. Yeah, that's why I sort of put the air quotes around yeah. that word, right? What will people say? What prestige? What's my mom. I'm sorry. I don't mean that. I'm <laughs> saying, my mother had a child when she wasn't married to this right. man. So what was the? Where was the prestige? Mm. This aunt was a very stupid woman. Mm. You know, you can be learned and stupid right mm. did you leave then that family home is that when you left um between the no. 20s and 30s or between the age of 20 and 30 or i came here when i was 22 mm -hmm. and i was actually sent because i was refusing to get married and you know when some when you, i felt forced into having this abortion uh, so I was, I just did what I wanted. 
Right. After that. Yeah. So from then on, you just did what you wanted. Well, within limits. And then they said, you know, you, I, I don't want to get married. Right. What are you talking to me about marriage when I've just aborted mm-hmm. somebody else's child? Mm-hmm. The whole freaking w- town knows about it. What, yeah. what are you, what, what, what do you, who do you expect me to marry at this point? Right. So I think they sent me over. I had two aunts over here. So I came over here because they couldn't control me, so they got rid of me. You strike me as a woman from the things I've... Because there's a, there's a video that you made that's online. Yeah. So I looked that up when I knew you were going to be our guest. And I've heard you read at Thursday's Writing Collectives and then what you've said today. You strike me as a woman who do, does what she wants. Is that true? Yes, because at one time I didn't do what mm-hmm. I wanted. Right. And that was not my decision, so... Well, it was. The, that's the last twist. That's the bottom line is that I said yes. Mm. So I cannot absolve myself. Right. But I am actually a very happy person. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you do this beautiful work that you do as well, all this textile work. Yes. And to me, that is also part of you doing what you want to do, right? Because yeah. it's very distinctive. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What is the name of the name of your your art called? Or Chindi Nation, and in in Hindi, Chindi is rags and scraps, and that's what I use. Right. And you said people associate you so strongly with that that some people just call you Chindi. Now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can people Which see you? Kind you? Of neat. Yeah, I I have a website. I haven't kept up with it very much, <coughs> and it doesn't have all my work on, but. What the hell? <laughs> what is it? ChindiNation.com? Yes. No. Net. Dot net. Chindi hyphen nation. Actually, if you just put Chindi nation net, it'll come up. And that's C-H-I-N-D-I. Yes. Um, I just wanted to jump in because you said you had had one other piece that you wanted to share of a friend of yours. Yes. And if we don't get to it now, we'll run out of time. <laughs> I would like to share a piece that my friend Jacqueline wrote. We reconnected... Oh, please tell me. Yeah, after, after many years. years or well, oh, yeah, wow. many years, yeah. about ten years. So after forty years since, and it's amazing. I remember that family. I remember their mother walking like big busted woman, determined. Uh-huh. All their children were educated. Five girls, I think, five yes. six girls. Like my grand, my family too. The women were all educated women. And what is there to have? Four feminists, strong <laughs> feminists come out of that small community. That that community is not known for its forward-thinking mm-hmm. women. So it's like in a parched desert you find people, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, Jacqueline Mercedo, this, this is for you. It's true, I am a widow, a childless one, childless one at that, and yes... It's even true, I'm grandmother to a cat. My upper lip has whiskers, have long hair on my chin, a swiftly receding hairline, and I'm far from slim. Strong and independent, not shy to speak my mind, today I bluntly challenge assertions of the superstitious kind. The way I look and the way I am 
does not make me a witch, and being impossible to intimidate does not make me a bitch. If your mind is unhygienic, breeding all kinds of hate, your love will be in a, your life will be in a mess, not cause of my childless state. Sure, you're having problems, your dreams are in a hearse, but that's no cause to be irrational and blame it on a widow's curse. I am a widow, a childless one at that, and I am a loving grandmother to a nine-year-old neutered cat. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you very yes. much for reading that. And thank you for being here representing Thank you, thank you very much. Yes, Thursday's Writing Collective. What time does it has, meet and where? It meets every Thursday in the Carnegie Community Center, 401 Main Street, uh, on the third floor from 2 to 4 p.m. Perfect. And anybody and can drop, drop in. Anybody can drop in. And the new facilitator is Amber Dawn. Amber Dawn. Amber Dawn. How Poetry Saved My Life. Yeah. Winner of the Vancouver uh, Book Award. Bo yeah. I think two years ago or three two, years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Yes. And the Heart of the City Festival continues, so please check out all the events there, heartofthecityfestival.com. The Cascadia Poetry Fest also happens this weekend in Seattle, November 3rd to November 6th, so uh, you can still buy tickets and go down for that if you want. There, uh, Jordan Abel is reading there, as is... Um, Daphne Marlett uh, is part of the Cascadia Poetry Festival along with other Vancouver writers. There's an open mic at Lyceum on Friday, Christiane's Lyceum, 8 o'clock door and sign up and an 8.30 start. And that's at 1, 3... Basically, it's a 8th and uh, Alma. Yeah, 3696 West 8th. I couldn't even read my own writing. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, And then Saturday, this is not poetry, but I think it's important, so I'm throwing it in. 5 p.m. at Crab Park, there's a no sight see, damn, solidarity gathering at Crab Park. Uh, there's also a brand new open mic happening in um, Marple starting tomorrow, uh, 7900 block of Granville Street. It's D's Cafe, like the letter D, uh, and it's sign up at 6.30, show at 7, and it's an open, open, open mic for um, poetry, comedy, music, whatever you want to bring. Um, it's D's Open Mic, and that's organized by Fernando Reguero. Poetry Slam this Monday, Bassam from uh, Guelph will be uh, featuring. And the Oratorial, Oratorialis, um, the second edition of that, is coming out, uh, or is already out, and the launch for Vancouver is this Sunday night, and it's at 2048 Pandora Street at six seven o'clock, I believe. And then November 9th, Twisted Poets, Kevin Spence and Miranda Pearson, that's next Wednesday night, and Miranda Pearson will be our guest next week on... Wax Poetic, and that is the end of Wax Poetic for today. I'm one of the co-hosts, Pamela Bentley. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And our guest today has been Karenza T. Wall, and thank you for being here. And thank you. Yeah, thank you thanks. for having me. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what?